Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to Bible on the Beach. Today, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 in, um, in verse 14, and we're going to be looking at Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. Now, remember, Jesus had been ascended into heaven. He had told them to wait. He had told them to pray. He had told, they, they faced the, their first leadership decision where they, they were going to have to wait. They were going to have to pray. They picked Matthias. Jesus was the Holy Spirit was moving. He shows up. He fills this room. He fills this place. They're speaking in other languages to be a witness to all of the people that were there. It was also God reminding them that they were by his power going to go to everywhere in the world to be his witness. And now we have Peter's first message. And this won't make a lot of sense until you understand the journey that Peter had been on to get to this point. Wow, what a journey. Jesus called Peter. Peter was the first person to understand who Jesus was. Jesus said, you're right, I am the Christ. And upon this rock, this confession, I'm going to build my church. And Peter had a calling. Peter also had a lot of flaws. Peter got angry and tried to help Jesus do his work by chopping a guy's ear off. Peter lied that he, he denied that he even knew Jesus. <clears throat> I want you to pause for a moment and I want you to think about <clears throat> the things in your life that you think disqualify you from God using you. You know, we all have a voice in our head that tells us You've done a particular thing that disqualifies you from being used by God. You know, Peter wouldn't be a leader for a lot of people today, would he? You imagine a leader who had taken a knife and chopped a guy's ear off and then wanted to lead a Bible study? Can you imagine someone who had lied publicly multiple times and then wanted to get up and teach the Bible? <clears throat> Peter felt the grief and the remorse of these experiences, so much so that he actually went back to fishing what he was doing before he met Jesus. Jesus was resurrected. He went back to Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? I want you to feed my sheep. And now Peter, after Jesus has been ascended to heaven, this is the context where Peter gives this message. This is the beginning. This was Peter's comeback story. Now, I want you to know, no matter what you've done, God can use you. You're probably sitting there thinking, Ryan, you haven't done a bad thing. I've been through a divorce. There's not a day that goes by that I don't feel terrible about that. And I just can't get over that sometimes. And God has had to remind me so many times that he is working in my life and that there's nothing too big in your life that God can't forgive. The only thing that can keep you from God's will in your life, no matter what you've done, is quitting. And God says, if you won't quit, I'll keep working in your life. That's an incentive to keep going. And now we find Peter 
in verse 14, it says, Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd before he had denied Jesus. Now he was using that voice to shout down the crowd. And he says, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what is happening here. <clears throat> These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I'll do in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants men and women alike and they will prophesy i will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the lord but everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved wow so Peter quotes a part of the Old Testament that they would understand. He references again their culture, their language, their understanding, meets them where they're at, quotes their understanding, and then has an opportunity now to explain it and tell them what's going on. This is what great leaders do. They meet people where they're at, they speak their language, they start in their context, and then they build a path to Jesus. And this is what Peter does here. Now, Peter continued in verse 22. He says, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus, the victorious, was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. They were people that were really interested in authority. And so Peter reminds them that Jesus has the authority over their life and the situation. And that's very important to remember. Jesus has authority in our lives and in our and in our situations. He says this man's destiny was prearranged for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Boy, he doesn't mince any words, does he? He says exactly what they did. He says you crucified an innocent person. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death. Listen to that. God has defeated death in the world and in our lives. He's defeated it. And he raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. Jesus in the resurrection conquered death. And he conquers it in our life when we ask Jesus to come into our hearts. Now, this is the very thing that David prophesied about. He says, I will continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand, and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. You know, when God is with you, you'll have a confidence and um, a strength and a courage in your life when you know God. And that's one of the reasons we need to know God more because you get more confidence and you get more courage um, in your life. In fact, you might even pray right now, God, give me confidence. God, give me courage. It's contagious and it rubs off on other people. He says, and I have hope that my body will live because you will not leave me, leave my soul among the dead. 
nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay, for you have revealed to me the pathways to life. You know, God shows us how to live a life for him every day. If we'll open up this book, this is why I do Bible on the Beach, so we can understand the Bible, we can apply it to our life, be led by the Holy Spirit. God does this so that we can um, have hope and in our life, a pathway to life. And seeing your face fills me with euphoria, is what one translation says. That's powerful. You know, seeing God work in your life can be ecstatic. It can be exciting. Now, verse 29, he says, My fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt <clears throat> that our noted patriarch had both died and been buried in his tomb, which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referring to himself with those words. But as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection. You see, they all loved David. David was a king. David was honored. They wanted to be like David. They knew his story. He was a little shepherd boy. And God used him with a rock to sling down a giant. They loved David. And Jesus was from the line of David, a continuation of the spirit of David. And look at verse 31. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection and God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. Again, Jesus is bigger than death and decay. Verse 32. Can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus and we have all seen him. Wow. God resurrected Jesus. He overcame death. That's why we can have hope in our life because Jesus can overcome all things. All things, even death. <clears throat> Verse 33, Then God exalted him to the right hand upon the throne of highest honor, and the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today that is what you're seeing and you're hearing so they have this amazing miraculous experience peter tells them about jesus and he says this is what god is doing wow then he said david wasn't the one who ascended into heaven but the one who prophesied he said yahweh said to my lord I honor you by enthroning you beside me until I make your enemies a footstool, a footstool beneath your feet. Now, everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one God has made, both Lord and Messiah. So this is Peter's message. God uses him. He does a great job explaining what God was doing in the Old Testament and now I want you to see the crowd's response in verse 37 it says when they heard this they were crushed and they realized what they had done to Jesus you know when God really speaks to people and really speaks to us we will be moved by it we'll be moved by it sometimes I call it getting wrecked God will talk to you and you'll just get wrecked meaning you'll want to change your life. No matter where you've been, you'll want to change. You'll want God to use you. You'll want God to work through you. You'll want God to fill you. You'll want your life to be different. That 
is exciting. And it says, <clears throat> they realized what they had done to Jesus. When I first realized that it was my sin and my mistakes that crucified Jesus, it made me want to live a different life. And the motivation for following Jesus is one where you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life. You want the rest of your life to reflect your gratitude to God and for all that he's done, for what he's doing in your life. <clears throat> Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? You know, one of the signs of somebody who's really sorry for what they've done in their life, who really understands forgiveness and wants to be forgiven, is an attitude that says, I'll do whatever it takes. That's the sign of repentance. Not, can I do all these things and get away with all this stuff and sin as much as possible? No, 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 no. When you understand Jesus, it's in grace and forgiveness. It's, God, whatever, whatever you want. Whatever you want. People that are making fun of God, the people that are mocking God, they don't get it. Not yet. Not yet. When you get it, there's a humility. And it says, God, whatever you want to do, I'll do whatever you want. <clears throat> That's what, that was their response. And Peter replied, repent and return to God. Repent means you were going one way, you do a 180 degree turn, you go the other way. So let God talk to you about what you need to repent of. And he'll show you attitudes, decisions, choices. God has us turn around our attitudes, turn around our decisions, turn around our choices so that we can return to him. We return to him because he made us in the first place. That's why it says we return to him. And each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we understand it, then we're baptized. If you've never been baptized, you can message me or email me or text me um, and we'll get you baptized. Baptism is a symbolic act. You die to yourself under the water. You come up, you have new life, you live for Jesus. The Bible teaches we're supposed to be baptized as soon as we understand that we're supposed to be baptized. Could be the same day you hear the gospel. Could be a little bit later. But the first day that you understand that you're supposed to be baptized is the day you should get baptized. <clears throat> and so that we can receive the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. Get this. God's promise is for you. It's for your families. Aren't you excited that God's promise is for you, for your life, but also for the people in your family? For your sons, for your daughters, for your aunts, for your uncles, for your parents, for your cousins. I pray for my whole family to understand God's love in their life. For those yet to be born, there are people that have yet to be born in your family line that are going to learn about your faith and that's going to help them learn about Jesus. That's exciting. And for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. 
Now Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of the world. Now, God has a kingdom and the kingdom is humility and it's grace and it's generosity and it's forgiveness and it's peace and it's courage and then there's a perverse worldly culture that self-promotes that only cares about itself that spends all its resources on itself that claws its way to the top climbs climbs over everyone kills everyone that gets in their way that's not the kingdom of god that's the perverse culture of the world now we're in the world we're not of the world meaning we model a different set of values and a different way of relating to God and people than what is valued in our get-ahead culture. The get-ahead culture is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is humility, grace, peace, kindness, mercy, courage. That's the kingdom of God. Last verse for today. Those who believe the word that day numbered 3,000, they were all baptized and added to the church. Now, very early on, in one sermon, we find, you have 120, goes to 3,000. You're going to see this is an anomaly in the book of Acts. What's an anomaly? One-time occurrence. One-time occurrence. God moved through Peter, added a bunch of people to the church, and you're going to find out a little bit later on. He added a bunch because he was going to scatter them. He was going to scatter them. God adds, and then he scatters. He adds, he scatters, so the multiplication can happen. All part of his plan. God's plan is exciting God's plan for Peter was exciting. Look at all the mistakes that he made in his life. And God used Peter. I want to remind you today, no matter what you've done, God is not done using you. There's no sin big enough that can keep you from being used by God. If you don't believe that, you haven't read the Bible. Moses killed a guy. Peter was a liar. David committed adultery. I could go on and on and on. And God used these people's lives in a beautiful way. The only thing that keeps you from being used by God is quitting. It's just stopping and saying, God can't use me anymore. As long as we have the determination to keep moving forward, God God can do great things in our lives. So I want to pray that for you right now. God, give us the courage today to keep pressing forward, to keep moving forward, to keep going forward. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for watching Bible on the Beach today in Acts chapter 2. And uh, if you are getting something out of this, please subscribe to the channel. Please, by word of mouth, share it with someone else so that they too can learn the Bible on the beach. Hope you have a beautiful day.